When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and I think I am still recovering from the PTSD I've suffered from watching the Niners take one of the biggest L's I have ever seen against the Denver Broncos in the primetime lights of Mile High Stadium against, of course, Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson. And my goodness, I... I don't really even know how to describe what I feel because I didn't get to watch this game against the Broncos on Sunday night. I, I had family in town, had a wedding to go to. It was a busy weekend for myself. And so uh, I watched this game this morning, that being Tuesday, after seeing all the tweets, all the you know the, the hate towards Jimmy and Kyle and all the uproar after the loss of like, what exactly transpired to make people feel this way? And now I understand because it this game was up for the taking, up for grabs for what seemed like the entire runtime, right? And but simultaneously it also felt like San Francisco had control the entire time. I don't know the exact breakdown, but it really felt like the Niners had the ball for about 75% of the game. It felt like San Francisco was in control, in charge, that I know that the score wasn't what you want it to be, but it felt like at some point they were going to make a big play. They were going to get a turnover. They were going to get a touchdown. They were going to pull this thing out some way, somehow. But ultimately, they fell flat on their freaking face. And look, I... I work in radio, I've heard the takes, I understand the takes, but I mean, if I would have told you the Broncos held the football for almost 10 minutes longer than San Francisco, I would have called you an idiot, because it did not feel that way. The Broncos in this game, and this really is kudos to how good San Francisco's defense was, because Denver had... 13 drives in this game, besides the last one, obviously. Nine out of their 13 drives were three and outs. That means, essentially, at the most, I mean, at the most, they were taking off, what, two minutes on the play clock? And that's not including incomplete passes, which there were a lot of them on Denver's behalf. It felt like the entirety of this game was Denver saying, here's San Francisco, here's the game on a golden platter, it's yours for the taking. And San Francisco was fumbling and had butter all over their hands and couldn't couldn't grab on to the plate. 
Russell Wilson was not good in this game. The Denver's offense was awful in this game. They had no rhythm. They could not catch a pass to save their life. Wilson was sacked four times. He was not good. All it took was Denver to put together one drive. One drive, and it completely changed the game. That's how bad Denver was, and also how bad San Francisco was. But before we get into Shanahan and Garoppolo, I want to give some kudos to how good this Niners defense was. Mooney Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Lenore played nickel, started over Samuel Womack. They were phenomenal. The defensive line was great. The linebackers were great. The safeties were and have been some of the best in the league. Hufunga was blowing up plays left and right. Gibson was almost having, I think he had almost two near picks in this game. The defense played lights out. If you're pointing to a team, to me, that has been the most uh, let down team of the year so far, it's been San Francisco. Now, we knew there were going to be bumps in the road with Lance playing quarterback, but now we're a game and a half in with there being no Trey Lance. And now with three complete games under our belt, you're 0-2 on the road. Now, Monsoon game week one, you can forgive some things, but even that game had examples. They had the same kind of feeling as this game, where the defense is playing stout and the offense isn't executing when needed. San Francisco had the ball at midfield a handful of times in this game, just like week one. And the quarterback play didn't matter in either one of those games. Because both of them were not good. Now, I would lean heavily towards Trey Lance playing better in a monsoon than Jimmy played against Denver. But I'm not going to play the Wolf. Lance played against Denver and Jimmy played against the Bears. Ooh, like, I'm not going to do that because it's not fair. It's not like, well, guess what? Jimmy didn't play against the Bears, so who cares? Lance didn't play against Denver, so who cares? Right? But either, it doesn't matter which quarterback played, they were still bad. The, the, the overlying problems are still there, despite the quarterback. And it's this vanilla play calling, bad, or at best average quarterback play, and a lack of execution. And it's not just the QBs, though. Because... In in the first half against Denver, and I just watched it like in two hours ago. In the first half against Denver, there were a handful of things that st- stood out to me. The offense had no rhythm, right? It felt like it was a you know two yard pass here, and that was it. It felt like they could not find their identity in this game. Early, it felt like we're going to run the ball, and then Shanahan said no, no. In the second drive of the game. For San Francisco, what do they do? Look at the first drive, though. Run by Wilson. Play action in your in your own end or your own red zone, your own goal line. Debo first down. Run by Debo stuffed. Jimmy G almost picked. Ball tipped at the line. Kittle double coverage. It just felt like the offense was stagnant in that first drive. Shanahan then changes some things up. Runs a lot more shotgun. That first drive was a ton. Ton of single back stuff, a lot of running plays, play action stuff. Shanahan goes, no, no, 
We're gonna go shotgun here in this in this uh, second drive. Empty set, some bunch coverages. Look what happens. Jimmy ball tie Uke first down, big play. Huge run by Wilson, thirty-one yard run. Empty set, Kittle, Kittle catches over the middle. Run by Wilson, pass to Debo for a short gain. Debo pick play, Kittle, uh, I do touchdown by Garoppolo. It felt like the only drive of the game that actually matters, it was empty sets almost the completely the entire drive. Now, I'm not saying that's a, you know, do that the entire game, but it's a coincidence. Because later, Denver adjusts. And what do they do? Stop after stop after stop after stop. And there were some plays there, don't get me wrong. Because Garoppolo was not great in this game. There were a handful of plays where he didn't even look Debo Samuel's way. You've heard that. I've seen that. We've all seen that now. Bad read. I don't know if Garoppolo didn't see Debo behind the linebacker, which that plays into his field vision. Because he looks that way, but it felt like he looked that way, saw four Denver defenders, but not Debo behind the linebacker, and said, okay, go back to my left. Then he underthrew Debo later (laughs) in the first half, which... Should have been a touchdown. Granted, still a big gain, but you lead him a little longer. That's a, probably a touchdown pass, or at least a, a even bigger gain. At least get you another field goal, and you win this game thirteen to eleven, right? It's stuff like that. It, it's it's the small stuff San Francisco's not doing that can push them over the edge. And then, of course, he throws behind Ayuk in, in, in the late in the first half, hits the ground, and it's just like goodness gracious. But the offensive play calling was vanilla. If you went to the ice cream shop and said, hey, what do you want? You want chocolate? You want sprinkles? You want the the orange sherbet? You want the, you want the Neapolitan? All the flavors? You know, all, all the stuff on top? And Shanahan goes, no, I'll have the vanilla. This dude didn't even pick vanilla bean. He said, give me vanilla. I'm tired of seeing these quick outs, these... One read plays, and there was a play in the second half that stood out to me, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It was like third and six, third and seven, and it's worked in the past, so I understand why Shanahan went back to it, but it's third and seven. The offense ain't running the ball. Denver's defense played pretty good in this game. It, it, it's a good defense. I told you how their defensive line, underrated. Chubb, Gregory, Jones, both of them, <laughs> like... This Denver's defensive line is good. Their defense is good. But Shanahan was like, you know what? Instead of instead of being able to do the motions, the things you should be able to do with a veteran quarterback, I get it. Garoppolo didn't have an offseason. Did not get cleared to throw until July. And I have no idea if his shoulder's bothering him. He said it was. I have no idea. But there is fatigue when it comes to stretching your arm out. I had an elbow injury. Now, it's, it's baseball, not football. Nor was I 30 years old playing quarterback in the NFL, so forgive me for that. But your arm hurts. Sometimes your arm is never the same. Sometimes your arm needs months and months and months to recover. And that's while you're rehabbing, not just because of surgery. So I have no idea where his shoulder is. But that being said, it doesn't matter. You are the starting quarterback for this team. You have to make throws. You have to do the things needed of you to win games. And Garoppolo didn't do that. Shanahan didn't do it. 
going back to the play that really upset me was it's third and eight, and what do you do? Quick slant the Debo on a pick play, and it gets you four yards, and you need six. It's like Shanahan. Why? What is the point of setting up a short fourth down to not go for it? Now, look, I get it. He's thinking they can actually get that play. But with the how the rest of the game went, what gives you that confidence you can do that? Arguably Garoppolo's best throw in this game was the third their only third down conversion out of 10, their only third down conversion of the game was the out route to Jawan Jennings. It was a perfect ball. That ball was nearly a pick six, but Garoppolo took the risk, put it in the only place his receiver can catch the ball with perfect timing. First down on a third down. But Kyle, earlier in the game, it says, you know what, we're going to do a little pitch uh, or, or a little pick play to Debo and hopefully it gets the first down. Why not actually have Debo run past the first down line, then have the play? Or pick something that actually gets your guys to the first down line, not beforehand. And look, you can tell me all you want that that's Jimmy Garoppolo's strength. And look, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. Garoppolo's strength is intermediate stuff, the short stuff. Let Debo and Kittle and Ayuk... You know, the the Yak Bros, right? That's their strength, right? Let them do the work. But it's not like he's in he's he's not incapable of throwing seven yards. Maybe twenty. Maybe twenty, but not seven. And I think here's the biggest the biggest thing. The the biggest slight on the play calling. In the first half of Sunday night's game, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Combined for 15 touches for 141 yards and a touchdown. In the second half, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, two touches for five yards. Some of that is decision making by the quarterback, but we know what Shanahan's offense is a lot of the time. And it's not just him. A lot of this does fall on Garoppolo. But a lot of what the Shanahan and Garoppolo play calling has been for the past four or five seasons has been very one read. Has been very quick pass. Just get it to your stars. Let them work. But for some reason, there was no plays designed for his stars. There was no plays designed for Kittle. There was no plays designed for... Samuel and Ayuk, which then made Jimmy have to, which made, or then Jimmy started forcing balls to them, which he'll do that anyways, but then when you construct the offense, not around your stars, but against McLeod and Jeff Wilson Jr., and stupid play calling earlier in the game cost you Trent Williams for now, it seems like two, maybe two and a half months, now he has no time to throw, and he's having to throw to McLeod and Wilson and other guys who really shouldn't have impacts on this team, or at least bigger impacts than Debo Samuel, than George Kittle, than Ayuk. There's no excuse for 15 touches to two touches. 
for 140 yards to 5 yards. That's a joke. That's a joke. And again, kudos to Denver's defense. A lot of double coverage in this game. But there was, on the interception that Garoppolo threw, while, yes, that ball should have not been thrown. But if you watch the game, Chris Collinsworth said that there was no receiver drawing Kwan Williams away from the play, away from what we can maybe think is the first read of that play to Debo Samuel. Now, I have no problem with Jimmy Garoppolo trusting Debo Samuel to make a play. He should. That's the point of re-signing and extending Debo Samuel to big money. But if you're Kyle Shanahan and you want to get those guys the ball, you have to open up windows for them. Now, of course, again, Jimmy did miss throws, inexcusable throws, made some dumb plays. Some that you go, I know why Lance is here now. And so a lot of this game was, yeah, that's what Jimmy does. But the issue is no one's open. And the simple things that, or the more common things that me and you know Jimmy can't do or won't do, those were the things he missed. Debo Samuel deep, twice. Yeah, he didn't throw those plays. I know that. That's why he was going to be gone. To me, the more frustrating thing is, while Jimmy played bad, it doesn't necessarily feel like Shanahan was drawing up play calling to make anybody on the team successful. Anybody. Because, I mean, look, watching this game and seeing this offense be on the own or on their own 40-yard line can't do anything. Penalty, penalty, sack, end of drive. You have Denver on their heels. Why are we not going for kill shots? That's the same thing with Chicago in week one. These games are very similar. The only difference is it wasn't a freaking tropical storm in the field. That's the only difference, right? It was a quarterback that's struggling or really is kind of stumbling into his own in a new regime that can use his legs, that late in the game happened to put one drive together to beat you. That's what this, That's what happens, right? You kept Chicago in the game. You allowed Denver to stay in this game. And what happens? The defense gets tired. The offense can't string things together for one drive, whether it's Jimmy missing passes, penalties, fumbles, interceptions, doesn't matter the case. The offense is not in rhythm. The defense gets tired, then what happens? Wilson, Fields, they put together one big drive, they go down there, score a touchdown, and the offense goes right back into their shell and goes, we can't score. And when Jimmy shows some mobility, McGlinchey holding call pulls back, not a first down. When Jimmy extends a play, rarely with his legs, Wilson fumble, game's over with. Like, people want to point to Jimmy. He wasn't good. He was bad in this game. He was bad. No excuse, bad. And I get the frustration, but that's why he wasn't supposed to be here. But now he is here. 
And I have no idea if there is frustration with Kyle Shanahan or if Jimmy is kind of, you know, chip on the shoulder. I don't want to be here really. Uh, I, it kind of feels like, and look, this is me speculating. I, I don't like doing this. It's not what I want to do. But I'm sure you've seen now the video where there's two of them actually. Jimmy says, F me after missing Ayuk. Uh, open for a first down. Now, now, I have no idea if that was a shoulder thing or because he missed him. But then later in the game, it looks like Jimmy says, you know, your play calling was bad or the play was bad or whatever, you know, lip readers can find out about that thing. It just seems like there was an angry Jimmy Garoppolo speaking into his mic to Kyle Shanahan saying something was bad. And... If you're Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, you're right, Jimmy. The play calling in the game was bad. But so were you. Yes, maybe there is frustration with Jimmy Garoppolo on Kyle Shanahan's behalf. And look, people have said it before I have, Kyle Shanahan fired Jimmy Garoppolo. And now had to say, oh wait, don't don't leave just yet. Come back. Come back. And I'm sure Jimmy is sitting there like, "Uh, well, I mean, I guess I can come back. You know, this is my only option, so I have to come back. It's kind of like that person, and I worked at Walmart, so don't get me wrong here, I'm not trying to disparage Walmart workers. I respect the heck out of you. It's a hard job. I did it for a month. I hated it, so I, I respect a lot of you out there who do that work like that. It's grunt work. It's hard work. Physical labor. You get the all respect in the world from me. But it's like working at Walmart and they're short-staffed. They fire you because they can find someone better. But that person is like, oh, I'm going on vacation for two months. Can I start next week? And it's like, well, I guess we have to bring back Sterling. And it's like, I don't want you to be here. Like, you're not supposed to be here, but you're a helping hand. So come in and, you know, be the holdover guy for a little bit longer, right? It's like, well, it's like, you already told me to leave and get out of here. Now I'm back because you need me? Well, like, there's going to be some bitterness there. Now, unfortunately for both parties, it don't matter. Figure it out. You got to figure it out. There's no excuse for Garoppolo to step out of the back of the end zone. Now, thankfully he did, because it would have been a pick six. <laughs> so, thank you for being aloof and dumb. Like, you not playing or you know, having surgery and not practicing doesn't mean your field awareness is gone that you don't know you can't back up 15 yards in a 10-yard end zone. It's not how it works, Jimmy. And it's not like your decision-making would have been better had you not done that. And then Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan has George Kittle, if not the best, a top three, top five tight end in the NFL, Brandon Ayuk, an ascending receiver, we all heard in training camp, I saw it in training camp, oh my goodness, Lance and Ayuk, their chemistry looks like some of the best, I said it could be the next T.O. and Garcia, T.O. and Steve Young, it looks like that kind of connection, now we would see what the season was going to become, but early in training camp, it felt like there was something special there, you have Debo Samuel, who had one of the greatest seasons 
by a receiver in NFL history. The only reason he wasn't given Offensive Player of the Year was because Cooper Cup had an even crazier year. That's how good any other year, Debo Samuel, Offensive Player of the Year. That's how good he was last year. He single-handedly carried the offense late into the year. But Kyle Shanahan, what does he do? Debo, eight targets. Ayuk, eight targets. George Kittle, five targets. Now, that's more than Jennings, McLeod, Juszczyk, and Wilson put together. But why are we not feeding these guys over and over and over again? Why aren't we designing plays over and over and over again for them? Because you're wasting this defense. When your defense stops an opponent... like The Broncos scored nine offensive points in this game. Nine. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Had Garoppolo not thrown a sa- not done the safety, this game is 10-10. to 10, And we're in overtime. That's how good this defense was. 9 out of 13 drives were three and outs. Russell Wilson looked bad. He was 20 for 33. He was trying to throw the ball the entire game. Timing was off. Guys were dropping passes. Denver was handing you this game on a golden platter. Denver's first three drives. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. It's 16 yards on nine plays. Punt, punt, punt. San Francisco mustered seven points. Seven points. Turnovers. San Francisco gave them the game. This gave them the game. Wilson fumble. Garoppolo, one pick. Almost had two picks. The safety. You can't do that stuff. And the worst part about this is, is that you not only lost the game, you lost your all-pro left tackle. And we're going to get a little deeper into the Shanahan Garoppolo stuff in a minute. But you tossed out Jalen Moore, who was awful. Shanahan knew it wasn't going to work. You want to know why? Run play to the right. Run play to the right. Run play to the right. Pass play to the right. Pass play sack. Because Jalen Moore cannot play left tackle in the NFL. He was getting beat consistently in his very short snap count in this game. Cole McKivitz back out there. And McKivitz wasn't great either. A handful of pressures in a small sample size. And you have the Rams on Monday night. Then Carolina. Then the Falcons. Guess what? Then the Chiefs. Now, I would like to think we can beat the Panthers and the Falcons. But if you gave me money, and I get San Francisco has historically beaten the Rams with a 6-1 and one with Garoppolo. Good stuff there, right? We know that. 
But right now, this team is lacking a rhythm. And it's not defensively. It's offensively. And it's a lot harder to find a rhythm when your quarterback, who is for the most part immobile, is getting destroyed on his blind side. Which is now what will happen, or what seems like will happen, if the Denver game is an example of what's to come for Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners' offense. Against the Rams. Aaron Donald, if I'm the Rams, just play against the left tackle. You will win 99% of the time. 99% of the time. If you're you're the Chiefs, hey, Chris Jones, I want you to play against the left tackle. Now, they have other players, but I'm just... if, If a defense knows to attack a young defensive back, or, excuse me, when an offense knows to attack a young defensive back, they're going to do the same thing for a young left tackle. If you're the Rams, Aaron Donald. Hey, McKivitz. Hey, buddy. I'm going to haunt you all game. And you know what happens? It's because Kyle Shanahan runs a freaking play-action pass in his own red zone on second and eight on his own two-yard line. What are you doing? I wouldn't run that play with Patrick Mahomes. And you know who wouldn't either? Andy Reid. You want to know why? Because they're not stupid. I would not run that play with Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, Allen, anybody. Anybody. You want to know why? It doesn't make sense. You gave the ball to Debo Samuel in the backfield almost the whole game. It didn't work. But you don't want to do it there? I would rather give Jimmy G a third and six, but give him four yards of space than a second and eight play action. Jimmy G looked better in shotgun than single back formation. But you do play action in the red zone, giving defenders more time who know, hey, look, we're not biting, just rush the quarterback. If they do play action, it's a sack or a safety. And lo and behold, while not a sack, it was a safety. Like, what is that play calling? Now, look, I'm not blaming Kyle Shanahan for getting Trent Williams hurt. But it's stupid play calling like that that got Lance hurt. It's stupid play calling like this that got Trent Williams hurt. It doesn't make sense. Stop trying to outsmart people, Kyle. Do the simple thing. Sometimes it's better to play it safe. I'm someone in my life who consider themselves conservative when it comes to living life. I don't invest my money. I don't take risks. The people I love are very close to my chest. I don't put myself out there. It's just not who I am. I can be safer that way. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you get burned. That's life. But you can save yourself from getting burned by putting yourself out there more and more and more. Now, you can be more successful potentially, but you can save yourself from being burned. And with Kyle Shanahan on a second and eight in your own or close to your own goal line, that ain't the time to take a risk. You don't need to pass the ball there. Give your quarterback, who is better in the intermediate, a short yardage to work with. But no, second and eight. Play action. Jimmy G does Jimmy G stuff. Walks the back of the end zone. 
and thankfully d- does, because pick six the other way. Like, that's on Kyle and Jimmy. Dumb play call, dumb execution. Both These things go both ways here. I can forgive Trey Lance for making rookie mistakes. I can't forgive Jimmy for making those same mistakes. And I also can't forgive Kyle for putting a veteran quarterback in a situation to make those mistakes. Now, Shanahan's not expecting Garoppolo to go out there and create a safety for himself, right? But that's... It's not even about Jimmy in that situation. A play action in your own goal line, that's risk of a holding call in the end zone, which they almost had one earlier in the game. So why would you do that play? Even if Jimmy didn't step out of bounds, you are running the risk of holding in the end zone. Guess what? Still a safety. Kyle, there's too much risk involved in that. Too much risk. But you did it anyways. What's the purpose? You're only setting yourself up for disaster. And that's what happened. And you lost 11 to 10. This game was 7 to 5 because the offense couldn't get their freaking minds together. It felt like they were walking in quicksand. It, it genuinely felt like there was this like this this need to avoid confrontation. It was like, we're all, we're all feeling it, but no one wants to say anything, so we're just going to stand here awkwardly and not do anything about it. Someone yell at somebody. Wake the frick up, right? You gotta wake up. This is week three, you're one and two, and you got the big boys next. These You are one and two in three games, you should have won handily. Handily. And the issue is, is that in one of the games... You can say, young quarterback, year two, first year as the full-time starter, playing in a monsoon. This context, taken out of the picture now. There is no context of this Denver game that matters. You lost the game, plain and simple. You're one and two. And you got the Rams on Monday night. Could you get it right? Sure. I'd pick San Francisco to win this game. It's a get-right game. Kyle owns the Rams besides one game. And that game was close, right? But you show me nothing to put faith in the offense. And look, that that brings me to, I think, some of the bigger questions that many people have, including myself, right? So the first thing is, is that San Francisco's offense has scored 10 points in two of three games. The last time that happened... Guess who was the quarterback for this team under Kyle Shanahan? It wasn't Nick Mullins. It wasn't C.J. Beathard. It wasn't Garoppolo. It was Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer in 2017 was the quarterback. How does that happen? This team is the third best team when it comes to not having three and outs. With a 9% rating. That is the third best in the league. But they've only put together 10 points. Against bad teams. Now, Denver's defense better than Seattle's. Denver's defense better than Chicago's. But Seattle's defense isn't good really. The Bears defense is just, just okay. 
They have a young team, an explosive defense, but they're not good. They're not they're not good enough to stop an offense that has Ayuk and Debo and Elijah Mitchell at in week one. Jeff Wilson Jr., Trent Williams. Nah. No. The Denver defense is a good defense. Still not good enough or shouldn't be good enough to stop George Kittle and Ayuk and Debo. And dare I say Jimmy Garoppolo, who has shown the ability to be a good quarterback in the league. It just it's baffling. You have the stars to win these games. Yet those stars are vastly underutilized. The Debo runs are not working anymore. They're not. Debo Samuel in this game had five carries for six yards. 1.2 average. His longest carry, three yards. Three yards. Insane. Insane. They're not working, Kyle. Go back to the drawing board. Figure it out. You're the genius, right? You just lost two games. You should have won by at least 15 to 20 points. That's partially on you. Now, the other question is, does Jimmy Garoppolo not getting a playbook slash not practicing until just before week one factor into this? Garoppolo had a 62% comp percentage for 211 yards, about 7.3 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one pick, a 14.2 QBR, in one safety. Garoppolo gave them two points and scored his team seven. So essentially, a point differential of five. That's really bad. And Kyle Shanahan said after the Seahawks game that Garoppolo, who looked pretty good against the Seahawks for at least the first quarter he was in, and it's funny because when you go back and watch that game, the offense looked more explosive in that first half than the second half. And you want to know why? Kyle Shanahan said that Jimmy Garoppolo came into that game with Trey Lance's game plan. And at halftime, they made adjustments to tweak the offense to Jimmy G. Hey, Kyle. It really didn't work in that second half, and it didn't work against the Broncos. But it worked when you had Trey Lance's game plan. Why don't you incorporate some of that stuff against Denver or in the future now? Because Jimmy G looked comfortable, he looked relaxed, didn't look pressured, didn't look rushed. He looked like he was playing free. And in this game, he felt like he was playing inside a box. Which may put context into the video of... What looks like Jimmy saying, your plays suck, or the plays sucked. So, <laughs> like, something's amiss here. And it's what's even crazier is, is that it's not just on Kyle, though. After starting 19-5, and the Niners are 12-10 and since 2020 with Garoppolo starting. Jimmy's thrown 18 picks and lost 4 fumbles in those 22 games. In 46 regular season starts as San Francisco starter, Garoppolo has thrown 39 picks and lost 9 fumbles. 48 total turnovers, 49 if you count that safety. Now, 
He's been hurt in some of those games. Didn't play much in 2018. Got hurt in 2020. Was bad against the Seahawks. Bad against the Dolphins. Could barely walk against Miami. There is some context that matters. But hey, those stats aren't good. Which then filters in and makes people believe Garoppolo hasn't gotten better since 2017. In fact, he's gotten worse since 2017. PFF grades since 2017. 86.8. Played just five games in San Francisco. Didn't even know the playbook yet. With the worst roster and looked the best he ever has here with the Niners. 2018. Towards ACL Week 3, 62.6 PFF grade. 2019, his first and only complete season thus far, 77.3 PFF grade. 2020, hurt his ankle in Week 2, came back against Dolphins Week 5, hurt it again Week 8, 67.5 PFF grade. And in 2021, a 71.2 grade. Despite being hurt in Week 4 against the Seahawks, then hurting himself again in Week 16 and in the playoffs. He has not gotten better since 2017 when he didn't have the playbook. Now again, pre-ACL, pre-a ton of injuries. We get that, right? But, and this is the part that I struggle with because, look, I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. It's not just on Kyle. There's a reason They extended Kyle after 2019. There's a reason they trusted him to draft Trey Lance. There's a reason I trust him to coach Trey Lance. But deep down, there's a reason Jimmy hasn't gotten better. And it could be just the injuries. It could be. It could be Garoppolo didn't want to. Maybe that's the case. But isn't it a little weird... That with the small sample sizes we have of Jimmy either having not the playbook or Trey Lance's game plan, he's looked the best he has. And as soon as they get back to the structured offense, his play takes a hit. Now again, that structured offense can take you to where you want to be. But maybe with Jimmy Garoppolo, you should loosen up. It's like... Look, I'm not a parent, right? I don't have kids, but I know what it's like to be a kid just like you do. You hit a certain point in your life where you want some freedom. You go, hey mom, hey dad, I would like to be out later than 10 o'clock. Do you trust me? I would like to, you know, go to my friend's house. I would like the keys to the car. I would like to be able to, you know, stay at my friend's place for a week or all night. Whatever it may be, you want some freedom. You're becoming an adult. And it really feels like Kyle Shanahan has not said, Yes, Jimmy, here's the keys to the car. I trust you. It's more so of, No, go back to your room. And it's like, why? Because I'm the only person that you should be able to trust. Because you're not... I don't trust you to make good decisions yet. And there's there's some examples as to why Kyle might feel that way. But isn't it weird that with the small sample sizes we have of 2017 and the game against the Seahawks this year, Jimmy's looked better with no real structure. Or at least a limited structure. Look, I'm not saying that Kyle shouldn't 
game plan with Jimmy. Utilize his strengths. But maybe Kyle Shanahan has some jaded mindset towards Jimmy about what his strengths actually are. Of, do not dare step out of this box. And if you do, you're going to be punished. And as a quarterback, that could be frustrating. And the issue is, that affects the outcome of games. And that affects how the quarterback plays, how stars are used. It just seems like Jimmy is... It seems like Jimmy is the middleman in the baton race, right? Where Kyle's the one who starts the baton race and runs to the middle guy. And the middle guy is running it to Debo and Kittle and Ayuk to be the anchor. Because they trust them more than the guy in the middle. When in reality, Kyle has to trust Jimmy equally. He may not be as good as Debo and Kittle and Ayuk. Those guys are more elite players than Jimmy. But it's not like Jimmy doesn't play a factor in how you play or win games. And then he, you know, then Kyle says, well, Jimmy's one of the better throwers in the league. Well, obviously you don't believe that. Because everything you're designing for him is just get it to my guys and stay out of the play. And it's like, no. I, I need to be involved in this somehow. And... The other question I have now is, does Kyle need to readjust to Garoppolo as quarterback after playing the whole season, preparing for Trey Lance? And it kind of feels that way. And again, you and I know, I've mentioned it plenty of times. Kyle Shanahan fired Garoppolo. He did not think he was going to be here. Garoppolo's not supposed to be playing this season for San Francisco. This was not the plan at all. At all. It was Nate Sudfeld, you're the quarterback. Or the backup quarterback. Lance, you're the starter. Jimmy G, gonna be gone. Traded, didn't work out. Okay? Well, okay. Okay, Kyle. We'll give you some time. But how long does it take to readjust to a quarterback you've had for five years? He's been here for five seasons. How long is that quote-unquote readjustment period? At least Jimmy had surgery to say, my arm's a little tired. Or I haven't practiced all offseason. I've been throwing to assistance all offseason on the side field. Hey Kyle, you have five years of tape. Five years of game plan. It's like Kyle Shanahan took all of the, the game plans he had for Garoppolo. As soon as last year ended, right? As soon as Garoppolo said, see ya, took him put him in the fire, smoked a stogie and said, can't believe that's over. Thank God that's over with. And then said, oh crap, now I need you. And you can't get the game plan back. Like, what we saw against Denver was piss freaking poor. From the top to the bottom on offense. Defense, great. Offense, what the heck was that? Doesn't make any sense. And... Sticking with Kyle, and this is the this is one of the things I don't like. So, I'm sure you do, I know I do, plenty of other fans do. You have issues with how Kyle Shanahan coaches within the game, right? There's a game within the game. A lot of that is, you know, uh, field management. You know, you know, you're on the 43-yard line, you're on the 40-yard line, whatever it may be. Like, you have to play the game in the game. Whether it's timeouts or, you know, not going for it on fourth down. We have all had those issues with Kyle. Well, last night, or 
Sunday night, what does he do? He basically gives Denver a field goal. And why, Kyle? Oh, because I was scared Russell Wilson might hurt me. Your defense gave up nine points. And at that time, was pitching a shutout against the guy who has haunted you all year. Why don't you move him back five, ten yards out of field goal range and make him beat you? If he does, whatever. No one questions the call. It makes sense, right? But you give them a field goal, put them just now four points behind you, and look, San Francisco, if if Jimmy Garoppolo gave Denver two points on a safety, Kyle Shanahan gave them points, gave them three points because he was scared of the opposing team's quarterback who has been bad all year long thus far, including the game in which you were watching with your own eyes, Kyle. Look, Jimmy deserves a ton of grief for how he played. So does Kyle. Kyle Shanahan played scared, timid. He took his turtleneck, took his Shanahan hat, and just put it over his head. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. It's like, dude, it, it, there's no monsters in your closet named Russell Wilson. Why are you putting your blanket over your head? Mommy, m- Daddy, Mike, Mike Shanahan, please help me. What are you doing? He's not Mahomes. Wilson has not played good all year long, but you're playing scared while or despite you having the number one defense in the league. Make him beat that defense, Kyle. Come on. Your game plan was bad and you played scared or your coach scared. Recipe for disaster. Disaster, you can't do that. You cannot do that if you're Kyle Shanahan. You are going to lose more games than you win. More games than you win. And if you're going to coach scared against McVay, how, how do you expect the team, which they we, we there's been rumors that you know they, they've already been split on the quarterbacks, how do they have confidence in you? You've had two winning seasons. Two. Just two. And one was barely. And you bought the farm, or you, you you sold the farm for this kid, Trey Lance, who, look, he's hurt. Lance is not even part of the conversation anymore now. But you tried to insulate yourself, quote-unquote insulate yourself, although you were kind of forced to, with Jimmy, and you don't trust him. You coach scared. You put a poor game plan together. Like, how does how do fans or how do you expect fans to trust you? You run play action in your own red zone or on your own goal line with a quarterback who you don't trust. How is that? You are not setting your guys, your team, your offense, your defense up for success. Now, sometimes you are. And the players don't execute. We will call them out when that happens. Hey, Jimmy. Look for Debo when he's open deep. Fling it, right? You weren't afraid to throw it to Ayuk on 1st and 20 or 2nd and 20 and you missed the deep ball. That's fine. Do that stuff. 
Sling it. Be the gunslinger if you need to. Hey, Kyle, trust your quarterback. That's what this needs to be. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it other than just rhythmless. You know, it's like, uh, so I went to a, a, a private Christian school uh, almost my entire life, right? And we had chapel every single week, every Thursday, I believe. There's always that one kid who can't clap on beat. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're all clapping and snapping. And that one kid's like, uh, and like, you're like, dude, you're messing everybody else up because you're off rhythm. We're all, you know, oh, yeah, you know, praise the Lord, whatever, all that good stuff. And that one kid's in the corner like, uh, like totally off beat, can't figure it out. That was Kyle Shanahan on Sunday. Off rhythm. And even Kyle said last year, I'm not in rhythm. That has hurt the offense. Well, how long does it take Kyle Shanahan, the quote-unquote offensive genius, to get into rhythm? Shouldn't be four weeks against bad defenses. It should be first week, second week. You scored 27 points last week against a bad defense. But you put up 10 against a better defensive line, but with George Kittle back in the fray? And it's not even that you had the stars back and you didn't win. Okay, whatever. George Kittle's played plenty of games, right, with this offense, and they've still lost. Gotcha. Okay, cool. But it was like this game was being played on each team's own red zone, own goal line. It felt like the only drive of the game, the only two drives of the game that were on their opponent's red zone, goal line, ended in touchdowns because the entirety of the game was either on their own red zone or goal line or at the 40-yard line, but no one could move the ball past the other team's 40. It was awful. Games should not be played at midfield, and if they are, and you are not executing, uh, that's a bad team. That's a bad offense. I, we have an extra day to mourn this loss. Eric Armstead's now hurt. Trent Williams is hurt. Al Shire's hurt. There's not much to glean positive outside of Drake Jackson getting his first sack, Hufunga still playing up to par, Nick Bosa getting his sack again. I mean, the defense was, again, phenomenal. And I hate to rag on the team so much because I... I love them. This this is my team. But this was a mile-high meltdown in Denver against a team you should have beat by 20-plus points. A team that was going to give you and tried to give you this game on countless, countless plays. They almost had three turnovers on the same drive. Couldn't get a fumble recovery. Couldn't get two picks. You gave them the game. You gave them five free points. Five free points. And you didn't capitalize when they were willing to give you points. That's a bad team. That's not a Super Bowl caliber team. I have no idea if there's an animosity between Garoppolo or Shanahan or there's some frustration or friction. Has to stop. You have no time to play a pity party of, I don't want you here. Hey, Too bad I am here, and if you want to win, buck it up. Tighten it up. We have no time for you to play whose dick is bigger, okay? No time. Not a measuring contest, okay? 
You're one and two going into week four against a team that beat you to go to the Super Bowl last year. You want to make a statement? Make it on Monday. I don't want to hear about it in press conferences. I don't want to hear about it in conference calls. Put it on the field in prime time on Monday. You have a longer week to prep. Get it right. Tighten it up. And get the freaking W. That's all I ask. It's for a win. All I ask. Because Sunday night was abysmal. Having watched that game two days later, I go, I see why you're mad. I see why the fan base is mad. But before we go, I do want to give a shout out to Adrian McCoy. DM me on Instagram. Uh, I hope I didn't say Trent Shurfield instead of Danny Gray this week, Adrian. Um, but again, a big thank you for listening. I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, great stuff. Again, I really appreciate you listening. DM me. Talk to me, guys, on Instagram, on Twitter. And those social media accounts are at 49ers.access. That's the Instagram. Twitter, 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. I will always be open to having a conversation with you. You can also join us on Chalkboard every game day. This Monday against the Rams, it's going to be hot, going to be heated. Again, check us out on Twitter, Instagram. You can use that promo code 49ersaccess, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com to save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Again, at SeatGeek.com. It's Rams, Niners, in Santa Clara. If you're not at that game, I don't know what you're doing. You're going to want to watch Niners, Rams in the seats at Levi Stadium. Save some money in doing so. Again, 49ers access. 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Also, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49ers Access Podcast. And stay faithful.